come on, come on, come on, press in, press in, this ain't break time, let's go, come on, get in, anybody excited about the word this morning, come on, give two high fives and press in and then tell them, callate, it's time for the word. Amen. We'll give a couple of seconds, make sure everybody comes and makes themselves comfortable. If the person next to you has been talking all through worship, I'll give you a few minutes to move right now. Just move. <laughs> Tell them, I don't want to, I love you, brother, sister, but I ain't come to hear you speak today. Amen. Some of you left your husbands. That's messed up. That's messed up. All right. All right. Let's press in. Let's press in. Father, we just give this time to you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you for your promise, God. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do, Lord. Have your way in this place, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. This morning we have a special treat. I have a special guest Speaker, an old friend of mine, an old pastor friend of mine. Um, we have, uh, those of you that know, the, we've been asking about the, ever since we did the, guys, you get something humming over here, you can kill this. Ever since we did the uh, best practices series, I told you we were going to have a financial seminar come. Because how many of you are ready to just be out of debt? A amen. And, and, and to, to be living the right way. I, I want to be able to give people money, not borrow money. Come on. Amen. And, and, and that's who we're called to be. That's who we're, how we're called to roll. And, and we need to learn the biblical practices for that. So as you know, we, we have it in your bulletins. We've been putting it up. October 23rd and 24th. It's a Wednesday and Thursday night. Don't miss that. I want you to be here. Make sure you come out. Unless, you know, you got it all together and you don't need any help, then just come out so that you can be a help to those that need help. Amen? Because we all, we all need to learn and we all need some help. That's, it's, it's money matters. It's going to be best practices for our finances, October 23rd and 24th. And so the, the pastor that's going to be sharing that, he's our guest speaker today. I want you to put your hands together. Give him a warm welcome for Pastor Eric. Yeah. I'm excited. I know God has an awesome, timely word for us today. Bless you, God. Bless you. Just want to correct the pastor. He kept saying, he emphasized old friend, old pastor. I'm not that old. I think he's older than me, actually. <laughs> but we know each other for quite some time. Actually, you know, their kids shared with ours in school at, at some point uh, some years back. And uh, th this family has been a blessing, and uh, it's an honor for me to be here to share amongst family and friends. Amen. A most important family, um, because if you're part of the kingdom of God, if you're a child of, Christ, of God, you're blood washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That makes us blood brothers and blood sisters. Amen. Amen. That, kind of, that's, that kind of sounds crazy, right? But we're, we're family in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so um, it's, it's really an honor and, and, and uh, privilege, and I'm grateful and, and thank uh, the pastor for opening up the pulpit. I understand he rarely shares it and uh, it is a privilege to know that um, and <laughs> to
to be up here. So it is a, it is a blessing for me. With me, I have, um, I have my beautiful wife with me, Wanda. Would you stand up and let everyone see who you are? This way you know she belongs to me. <laughs> and with us, we, I have also my, my beautiful daughter, Angie. Single. Uh, <laughs> she's working. You can get her number at the end of the service. <laughs> Trying to get rid of her, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you, babe. <laughs> and with me, I also have uh, some beautiful friends um, and brothers and, and sisters in the Lord. Uh, I, would, I would call them faithful sheep that the Lord has given me. Praise God. And I, and I thank them for being here in support. Uh, Norma, also single, by the way. And... <laughs> And we have uh, Fernando and Gladys Mendez, wonderful couple, friends of mine as well. And we have, a, we have also a, a young little one here that we've been, t we've been part of his life since he was like this. Uh, Nikki, why don't you just wave and stand up and say hi. <laughs> so we have him on weekends every now and then, and it's, we've been a blessing to his, to his uh, family, and he's been a blessing to us as well. Praise God. Amen. Um, I must say that um, I, I truly have experienced a wonderful time in the Lord here this morning with you guys as we worshiped, um, sensed the presence of God in a very powerful way. And I do believe that what God has for you today is a word that I believe will challenge you, some of you, a word that I believe will confirm some things that maybe God has been talking to you about. I say that because I also have received confirmation in the prayer room before we started service that this is a church that believes in the prophetic gifts. Amen? And I do believe that um, the gift of prophecy is in this house. And, and I believe that God will speak in a prophetic way and move in a prophetic way here today. And um, I'm excited for the 23rd and 24th. Uh, it's not one of those, uh, you know... Uh, seminars that try to motivate you to dream to become a millionaire overnight but it will challenge you it will challenge you and i and i um i encourage you to come and invite others because it, it, it will be a challenge through the word of god amen and it would also be a challenge in the practical amen uh what good is it that we have all this knowledge of the word of god what good is it that we have all this faith to move mountains and we don't move our butts to come to church and hear what god has to say Right? And start doing what we got to do because God called us to be doers of the word, not just hearers. Amen? So we want to be able to bring uh, something on those two nights that will uh, encourage you, will excite you, and, and will have you um, looking forward to what God has for you. And God wants to bless his children. How many parents are in the house here today? I want you to know you're not perfect, right? Did you know that you're not perfect? Did you know that you make mistakes with your kids every now and then? How many know we make mistakes with our kids? They didn't come with a manual, and we didn't come with a manual when it came to being parents. So we make mistakes, but we love our children, don't we? And we, would want, and we, would do, and we do want the best for them, don't we? Amen. And we would do whatever it takes to bring them what they want, right? Hello? Yeah. Amen. Right. And so God, God being a father... If, if, if you know God, He's not just your God. He is also your daddy. 
He wants you to call him daddy. Abba, father means daddy. Daddy, father. So he wants you to see him as a father that he is to you. And if you can get the revelation of the father in your life, he wants what's best for you. And he knows what's best for you. And he, he is perfect. While you're not, and you're willing to do all the great things for your children, he wants to do all the great things for you as well. But the beautiful thing about it is that he promises and he will fulfill what he said he will, he will give you. All the promises that he made to you, he will fulfill them. And you have to believe that. I was asking yesterday my children, I, I, I was asking my daughter, says, have I ever made a promise that I never kept? Have I ever made a promise to you that I was going to get you something and I didn't? And, it hurt, and you know, they thought I was joking around. And I was serious. I wanted to make sure that I didn't leave anything pending that I promised. I didn't want to make false promises to my kids. Because many times we, we can make that mistake. Oh, I'll get you one of those. And then we never do. My brother's still waiting for the Lone Ranger horse that my uncle promised him when he was four years old. And he's 42. <laughs> and, and sometimes, you know, we got to be careful that we don't make promises that we know we're not going to be able to keep. But how beautiful it is and how good it is to know that we have a father, a heavenly father, that if he spoke it into your life, you better be rest assured he's going to fulfill it. You better be rest assured he's going to come through. He's going to give you what he promised you. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise God. Listen, I want you to help me preach today. Because your expectation, your level of expectation will determine the level of how much anointing will flow in the house. Your level of enthusiasm, your level of wanting to hear will also open up the heavens to pour down and flow easier. Amen. Amen. And I'm one that I believe in the flow of the Spirit of God and the moving of the gifts of the Spirit of God. And there's no telling what God is going to do. I will loosen up, guys. Believe me, I will. Because I believe in the anointing of God in my life. I believe that God has called me to wake up, amen, a generation that believes, amen, in a powerful God that can do all things. Even if it's against your logic, even if, it's, even if it's against your understanding, and even if it's against your family heritage, and listen, the heritage that you might, some of you might have from your family members are that you'll never be rich, or you'll never obtain this, or you'll never, well, we never, none of us ever made it through, none of us ever made it there, you better stop dreaming. Stay, you, those that want to sing, those that want to become, that want to be great in life, amen, start to dream again, and don't let the family heritage try to hold you down, because they couldn't make it. Oh, been there, done that. I don't care. You got Christ living in you. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Hallelujah. As I was seeking for a scripture, I was praying in the spirit here and I was just praying and praying. And, and, I, and I, you know, I, I wanted to come up here and say something to you. And I want you to understand something. You are, uh, if, if, if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are, oh man of God, men, you are priests of the kingdom. Men, you are a prince in the kingdom of God. Women, you are princesses in the kingdom of God. Because you have a father who is the king of kings and lord of lords. Now I do that on purpose because he is the king of kings. There's a king inside of every man in this place. There's a queen inside of every woman in this place. Amen. 
And you need to understand, you got to walk in uh, with the attitude of knowing who you are in Christ. You are royalty. There is a royal bloodline in, running through your veins. Amen. God has translated you from darkness into the kingdom of light. You are people of the kingdom. That makes you royalty. Hello? Royalty. Children of the, of, of the owner of silver and gold. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about money. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about money. I'm just going to talk about a little bit about what your rights are in the kingdom of God. No understanding that all things are possible if you believe. All things. All things. I have some exciting stories to tell on the 23rd and 24th. So... But as I was praying in the spirit, let me get back to the subject here. As I was praying in the spirit, I, um, this is what the Lord put in my heart to share with you. And again, it just is it's strong in my heart. And, and, and I came across, bumped, literally not looking for it, not even really knowing what I was, where I was looking. I was just, Lord, what would you want me to just share? As an opening verse, not, not of the message, but I, I felt there was something he wanted to share. Here's, here's a scripture, 2 Peter Chapter 1, verse 19. This is just a scripture for you to take and, and hold in your heart. Listen to it carefully. It says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And again, I believe this is a house that believes in the prophetic move of God. And I do believe that we got people in the house here that believe in the prophetic move of God. How many believe in the prophetic move of God? Amen. When a prophet speaks, your pastor is your pastor, but he's also the prophet of the house. And whenever he stands up to preach and whenever he stands up to teach, there is an utterance coming from the word of God that's prophetic into your life because what he teaches will help you start to live it out, will help you start to practice it out, will help you challenge you to live out the life that God called you to live. Amen? And that's what prophetic word does. It moves you. It takes you to the next level. It wants to graduate you. It wants to promote you. I'm sure the pastor doesn't want a church full of baby Christians in the house. Amen? How many are ready for the next level in your life? I sense in the spirit that there are people here getting ready for promotions. And I'm not talking jobs. I'm, I'm talking kingdom of God, all right? Because whatever happens in the kingdom will simply over, overflow into the natural. Amen? It, it, you're not going to be able to help the promotions that come in the natural if you're doing what you're supposed to do in the spiritual. And in the kingdom of God, if you are faithful, God will promote you in the kingdom and that will overflow into the natural. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these other things, all these other promotions, all the other good things in the natural will follow you. Amen? Today's topic, today's title, if, and, and pastor asked me, do you have a title? Yes, says, well, let me get to it. I'll get to you by the end of the day. And I got it. The miracle is in your need. The miracle is in your need. How many, how many have a need here today? I have a need. My need is to want to do the will of the Father. My will is to want to do everything God called me to do. My need is to want to be able to fulfill. I, I want to be able to get to my deathbed whenever that happens. Hopefully when I become 120 years of age. 
<laughs> and, and be able to say, I did all, and I, didn't, I, didn't, I did not hesitate. I didn't, you know, not to fall into bed and say, I wish I could have, and I didn't. I should have taken the risks, and I didn't. I should have taken the opportunity to speak to that person because you start to think of things towards the end of your journey and you realize there are some things that maybe I had undone and things that I should have done, things that I wanted to do. But you see in the kingdom of God, some of us here are still walking around worrying about whether or not I should talk to that person next to me on the train going to work, whether I should give them a word that I believe God has given me to give to them. Don't walk away not giving them that word. Because you don't want to find out later on, I should have, I would have, and then find out that person's on the first front page. You don't know who, you, who you're going to save from a suicide if you give them the word of encouragement. On a Monday morning, I don't care how Monday, you know, this Monday blues thing's got to stop. I don't care how blue you think your Monday is. Every day is of the Lord, and every day he makes is a blessing. It's for you to rejoice. It's for you to be able to tell, tell the devil, listen, I don't care how I'm feeling. It's not about feeling. I walk by faith. How many of you have ever felt sad and when you start talking to somebody about your testimony, about what God has done in your life, how many have ever experienced excitement all of a sudden jump up within you? All of a sudden your sadness is gone. All of a sudden you're, you're feeling like, why? why? Why am I crying about it? If God did it once, he can do it again. Amen? Praise God. Let's go to our scripture. Isaiah 53. I want to open up with Isaiah 53. Okay, Isaiah 50, I'm sorry, did I say 53? 55, Isaiah 55, verse 3. I'm going to skip around in this, in this uh, chapter. I'm going to read verse 3, then I'm going to read verse 6, then I'm going to read verse 8 through 11. And it reads as follows. Verse 3 of Isaiah 55, everyone there with me? Amen. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon his name. Call upon him while he is near. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth it and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Go to 2 Kings with me, chapter 4. 2 Kings, chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 1 through 7. And this is where we take off. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. 
And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Tell the person next to you, ask the person next to you, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. But a jar of oil is something. Why did she say nothing? I asked myself. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Tell the person next to you, shut the door. All right. You have to. In order for you to get what God wants from you, sometimes you got to shut the door on some negative speaking people in your life. Tio Juanito who tells you it can't be done. It can't be done. Amen. Shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. She obeyed to the word. And she poured it out. Now it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Amen. Let me just do a little prayer. If you bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I thank you for this time in your presence. I thank you, Lord God, for this privilege and honor to come and share your word. And I pray, Lord God, that as you have ministered to my life with this word, that the hearts here today will also be ministered to as they hear the word. To... Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, anoint every ear, every heart to receive. May your spirit give inner witness to theirs that this is a, a word from heaven to their lives, to their current circumstance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We face times of need, crisis in our lives, valleys and hard times, undesirable, sour, bitter times. However, these times, as bad as they may be, are very much necessary for us to go through them. There are some lessons that we have to learn in these processes. More than one, notice that I said processes, more than one in your lifetime. God will allow us to go through some things in this life where things just don't make sense. How many have ever gone through something that just did not make sense? Illogical to our limited finite understanding. We read in Isaiah, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes these crises come as a result of our own decisions and consequences of our own actions. I want you to today take back with you, where have we missed it maybe with God at some point? I know I have. No one's here perfect. Did you know your pastor is not perfect? Did you know that? I'm not perfect. If there is anyone here perfect, please, I'll step down. I'll give you the mic. Because I need to hear from you. 
No one. None of us are exempt from the things that happen. How many have heard this, you know, bad things happen to good people sometimes, and we don't understand why they go through what they go through? We don't understand why, why them, why them? This was a family, and we're talking about this lady now, this widow who comes to the prophet Elijah. You know, this is a family that served God. We see it in verse 1. You know that your servant feared the Lord. Servant, he served the prophet Elijah. He was a student of the prophet. He was, he was one dedicated to the ministry. And something happened to him, and he obviously is no longer now providing for the family. He's not home. He's dead. He wanted to honor God. The husband was a student, like I said. Sometimes we ask ourselves, why or how could this happen to me? I've been so faithful to you, God. I give my tithes. I serve in the worship team. I serve in the outreach team group. Deacons. I'm on the deacon's board. I'm the pastor of this, I'm the pastor of that, the minister of this, the minister of that. I'm a prayer warrior. I'm used by God to heal sickness and why am I still sick? I encourage others but I'm never encouraged. How many have had to encourage someone and then you have no one to encourage you? Sometimes it feels that way. During desperate times of need, I want you to know the good news is that God is not just sitting down watching us go through those things. God is not there sitting with his arms crossed. God knows your every thought. He knows your every feeling. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows who started it. I don't care who did, but he knows who did it. <laughs> so the first thing we need to know is that we all will face some crisis in our life one way or another. We hear about people dying all the time, sickness and cancer and AIDS and all these bad news we read about and hear about in the news and see it on TV and on the front page and... You know, we're like so used to that almost, immune almost to these news and we hear about it, especially if we're living in tough areas and in our neighborhoods. And, but when it comes home, when it hits home, how many know what I'm talking about? When it hits home, you don't expect that. I don't care how used, you, how used to these news you are elsewhere. It's when it hits home, you didn't expect it. And the feelings run wild. Feelings of desperation, feelings of being left alone, feelings of not understanding. Why has God allowed this to happen to me? So I can't imagine how this woman was feeling when you got the creditors knocking on your door. Either you pay your bills or we're going to take your kids. That's some tough collection, collectors. Nowadays, they don't do that. I mean, they take your salary or something, but your kids? Some of you are wishing they did, but no, they won't. <laughs> God, the first thing you need to know is God, uh, the first thing is we need to know is that we all face and will face a crisis at some point in our lives. The second thing you need to know is that God needs only what we have. During the time of need, during your time of trouble, during your time of of, of desperation there is something that you have that God wants from you in order to get you that breakthrough that you've been looking for 
Ask the person next to you, what do you have? What do you have to offer God? Ask the person next to you, what do you have to offer God? What do you have in your house? Listen, when we're talking about house, I'm talking about this house, not the four walls. What do you have in your house? Your house. God has made you with his hands. You were not made by earthly hands. He dwells not in places that are made by man. He dwells in the tabernacle of the flesh. He dwells inside of you. You are his temple. And he is living in you. Amen? What do you have? You have Christ, the anointed, living inside of you. Verse 2. What shall I do for you? What do you have in your house? It's amazing. And I highlighted some of these things in the verses and scriptures that we read. What do you have in your house? And her answer is nothing. She says, all I have is what? A jar of oil. Then that is something. But the thing is that she has enough to say that she has something, but yet she values it as nothing. See, we have something of value, and yet we forget that it has value. But yet because it's not what we want, we devalue it, bringing it down to nothing yet God says listen if you have the I'm getting ahead of my message but if you have the anointed one living in you Christ lives in me Christ lives in you I no longer live but Christ lives in me if Christ lives in you you have something you have more than just something you have somebody that created the heavens and the earth someone that caused those things that are not as though they are someone who was able to lift up a dead person who stank after four days someone who walked on the waters someone who knows how to tell the winds to calm down you have that person living in you you have something to say you have something to offer you have something in you that can change your situation around Oh, but there are some things that happen that I can't control. You're absolutely right, but you can't control how you react to those things. You might not be able to control the things that happen around you sometimes. You may not control, be able to control the fact that they'll give you layoff and, 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 and let you go at work. You may not have that control. How you react to that situation is what's important. Some of us joined the bandwagon of criticizing the boss and the company, those... those uh, uh, I don't want to say the word, but <laughs> they're so cheap. They're this, they're that, hypocrites. Da, 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 da. The list goes on and on and on, and everybody starts to, you know, curse at the company, the people that fed you for 15, 20 years. You're going to now criticize them. Where's your loyalty after the 20 years that they were loyal to you? If they let you go, that must mean there's got to be something better on its way for you. You see, because your promotion doesn't come from man. It comes from God above who sees your every thought, who understands your heart, who knows where you stand. Hallelujah. And you need to understand that my promotion comes from heaven. You know, I, I, and every day, and I, I, I'm not lying. Whenever I would go to my interviews, in my interviews, I would tell the interviewer, you see, at the end of the day, I know who has my destiny in his hands. So they, I, I set the platform on the spot. You don't determine whether I get this job or not. I have the favor and grace of God in my life. 
and God will open up doors where there seems to be no door. And here we are with tools in our belt trying to open up a door wherever we are to get through. God says, listen, be still and know that I am God. Amen. God will provide. God will provide. God will open up and God will do things that are just unimaginable to us. Amen. But she or she says, I got nothing but just that jar of oil. Little did she know, right? Praise God. Oil. We know that oil in the Old Testament was used to do what? To anoint the next king, to anoint a priest, to anoint a prophet, to anoint, uh, what else? That's about right. Teachers? To anoint. The oil was used to anoint. And, and I went on into the dictionary, Webster's Dictionary. I didn't, go, I didn't go get no big revelation, no big deep, you know, theological book. I went to the Webster's Dictionary, and I wanted to find out what anoint meant. It means to rub on or to put something. Let me read it. I think I, I, think I wrote it here somewhere. Shame on me. I didn't save it. I typed it and didn't save it and I lost it. Anointed. Here it is. To smear or to rub with oil or an oily substance. Now back in the Old Testament when they would anoint the prophet, when they would anoint, when David got anointed, he got what's called the lambia de vaca. You know what that is? See, I don't have any hair to show you what it is. But if you have hair like Pastor George does, and I was to throw a big jar of oil on his head, and he combs it back, that's the straightest he'll ever have hair, right? With all that oil. That's a lambio de vaca. That's a, a cow tongue. Licked him, you know. And <laughs> Now, what's important about that is that that oil was poured on him and oil doesn't wash off that easily, right? I don't think they had Irish spring back then. I don't think they had coast. I didn't think they have ivory or whatever. So, you know, whatever it was they used, I'm sure it must have been just water. And water and oil don't mix. So this poor young fella is smeared with oil. And that oil must have lasted him for days, weeks. I would dare say months before it completely came off of him. But one thing about that oil is that it also had a fragrance because that oil was prepared in a specific way with ingredients that, that created an aroma that was pleasing unto the Father. And it was, all, it was all, you know, that's how they were back then. Everything was specific and meticulous about all these details. And they, they put together this oil that I'm sure the smell on this young man never left him for that time of period that the oil was on him. So wherever he was, he would leave a smell. You know, I'm one that I like to wear cologne. So wherever I go, I like them people to smell it. If I don't smell it on me, I don't have enough. So I always, you know, I used to carry cologne. I mean, because, because it's just me. I, it's me. I like fragrances. And so, you know, and, and I put quite a bit on. And so when sometimes I pass by someone, oh, that smells good. This oil was meant to, st to smell to have a strong fragrance, and it lasted for days, weeks, and months. Wherever he went, there must be that anointed kid again. That kid was anointed with oil recently. Look at that lambio de vaca he's got on. And if they didn't see him, they would 
Smell him. Do you have, what do you have? I have a little bit of oil. I have a jar with oil. I want you to say, all you need is a little bit of oil. Tell the person next to you, all you need is a little bit of oil. All you need is a little bit of oil. The miracle will come from that oil. Now it's important that we also understand something about oil and the word anointing. And that is, let's read in the book of Luke 4, 18 and 19. What does it say? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus reading from the book of Isaiah. But he comes and he confesses and confirms what he was called to do while he was here on earth. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery to the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus said, I am the Christ. Jesus said, I have been anointed. I have been Christos. <laughs> Christ. The word Christ. Christ is not his name. Some people say, Jesus Christ. Christ is not his name. Jesus is his name. Christ is his title. Christ is what he did. Christ is what he was, what he is, still is. Amen. Christos, and I looked that up also. This time I have to go to a biblical dictionary. But even though in the Webster's it also says that it means anointed. Christos, the Greek word of Christ, means the anointed. And I added, who has anointed, who was anointed to set the captives free. To recover sight to the blind. Who was anointed to do what? To set at liberty those that are oppressed. It's important that you know that. Because the Bible says, I believe in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, says that he, he or she who is joined unto the Lord. How many of us are joined unto the Lord? The Bible says he, he who is joined unto the Lord is what? One spirit with the Lord. We understand through some basic Christianity teaching that as Christians, we have now died to sin. If we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, then we die to sin. We've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We are no longer here on earth. The Bible says we are seated in heavenly places together alongside with Jesus Christ. Amen? Paul said it this way, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So today, you can confidently walk around saying, I am the hands of Christ. I have the eyes of Christ. I have the mouth of Christ. I have the feet of Christ. I walk, that's why you're called a Christian. Christian, 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 Christ living in you. Amen? Christ living in you. So, if Christ lives inside of you, and we know that Christ means anointed, and we know that anointed means that it's oil, right? You have in you a little bit of that oil. You have the Christ living inside of you. You have the anointing inside of you. You have the anointing, and the anointed one is living in you. Jesus the Christ is living in each and every one of you. 
You're the light, the Bible says, here on earth. You're the salt. You bring life to this world. Salt, you bring flavor to this world. There's so many people out there that they have no flavor in their life anymore. They've lost their sense of and desire to exist. They've lost the desire to push and to live. There are people here that just exist. Just because you're breathing and you have a heartbeat doesn't mean you're living. There are so many people that have a heartbeat. There are so many people that have life in them as far as blood rushing through their veins. But they just exist. I was watching Dr. Phil the other day and I saw an episode of a 28-year-old guy. Who saw that episode recently? 28-year-old guy living at home, mom doing everything for him, powdering him and everything. And he won't get a job and he admits because it's more comfortable here. And he's like... I got to lose some weight. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it amazes me because that's an example of a person who just exists. God called us to live. God called us to be fruitful and to multiply. Not go have babies. Be fruitful and multiply. We already got population in this place. Yeah, God blesses you with a baby. Praise the Lord. We can pray for that womb to open up. If you want that baby, God will give you that baby. Amen. But most importantly in the New Testament here, be fruitful in all your work. Multiply everything that these hands touch should be blessed. Look at your hands for a moment. God took time to design the fingerprints in your hand. Look at the hands of the person next to you. Those fingerprints look almost the same, but trust me, they are not. They're unique, all in a special way. God took time to design those fingerprints in each and every one of you. He gifted you. You're unique. There's no one else like you. You might have someone that looks exactly like you somewhere in another part of the world, but you are you and there's nobody else like you. And God loves you just the way you are, and he wants to use you just the way you are. God deposited inside of you the power to bring life to someone that's dying. God deposited in you the potential to lift somebody up and let them know it's no more time for existing. It's time for living. I am called to give you life. I am here to speak life into your life. That's what God called you to do. Hallelujah, because you have the life giver inside of you. Hallelujah. You have the life giver inside of you. In her case, her miracle was going to come from the oil that she already had. She didn't even know it. God will always ask you, what do you have? There's not a miracle. I, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't really done a thorough search and study on this, to be honest with you, but I've seen quite a bit and been in the Lord quite a, quite, quite a long time to know that in most cases, when there's a miracle, he will require something from you first before the miracle happens. Problem is, Christianity nowadays waits for God. We think God is Santa Claus. Well, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. Lord, in Jesus' name. I need a job. Write the resume. God will give you the words to put it on paper. I need a job, God. Write the resume, pick up the phone, make the appointment, go to the interview. God will bring you the words that moment and give you favor. That's where his miracle comes from. When you reach the point when you don't know what else to do. 
when you know you've done all that you can do, when you've done everything that you know you were called to do, that you have the capacity to do. Some of us are smarter than others. Let's not deny it. How many have ever met a smarter person than yourself? And the truth is, the truth is there are people smarter than others. But even that person is limited because there's a time in his life or her life that when he will reach or she will reach his time of visitation, when he realizes that all his smarts is not going to get him what he needs from God. All the smarts is not going to get you what you really want. There's going to come a time where you're going to have to call out to somebody who knows more than you do. problem with the smarties is that they don't want to call on nobody else because they want to figure it out first. Pride. Say pride. Okay. <laughs> Here are some examples that we can read in the Bible when God, when you want a miracle, when you're put pressed against the wall. How many have ever been pressed against the wall? I don't have nowhere else to go. Like I've, I've seen it in my life. You know, oh man, I'm, I'm behind on this bill and I'm cornered. And all of a sudden I say, ah, oh, but I got a little bit here on the bank. And I can just take it out from there. Oh, but I got fulanito de tal and he's going to help me with a little loan. Oh, but I can call my mom and dad and they're going to be able to pull through for me like they always done. But there's going to come a time when all of them are going to say no because you already owe them too much money, first of all. And you haven't paid them. <laughs> but a time will come when you will not know where to run. You know, while you're against the wall, there's ways to run. When you're against the corner, it's more difficult. And there's a time when God will corner you and he will not allow you to easily squirm away. There's going to come a time when you will pray and you feel God is silent. How many teachers we have in the house? A teacher teaches, answers questions, writes on the board, answers every question the students may have. They love questions, don't they? Teachers, right? We love questions because we love to teach. And we go and draw diagrams and we write words and we point at the... Nowadays it's PowerPoint. No longer writing. I saw that. It's electronic board I've seen. It freaked me out. Anyway, the thing is that all of a sudden they'll teach you. They'll tell you everything you need to know to prepare you for the big day. That big day is what? The test. Now, on the day of the test, the teacher knows every answer to every question on that test. Do you know the answers to the questions of those tests? That's why the test is there, is to see how much you were paying attention when she was teaching. But if you notice, the teacher will walk around the classroom. I remember those days, serious face and all. Walking and not saying a word. The teacher is silent during the test. The teacher will never answer a question on the matter while you're taking a test. You will ask, you would love to ask the teacher, but you know you can't ask the teacher the question because this is a test. Look at somebody who says, this is a test. This is only a test. The teacher will not teach when you're going through a test. You should have learned your lessons. And if you don't pass the test, guess what's going to happen? You got to repeat the lesson all over again. That's why you got some sermons that are repeated over and over again. That's why you got some songs that are repeated over and over again. Because some of you ain't getting it. 
So God wants us to, you see, one of the laws of teaching is what? Repetition. So there has to be repetition. That's why it's important to come to church. Oh, but I heard the pastor talk about that last year. So why should I go this year? I shouldn't go to church. Hear it because you probably missed some things. How many have ever seen a movie? And then you see it again. And then you, you find out that when you first saw it, you thought you saw the whole thing. But when you see the second one, you realize, I, I, I didn't remember seeing that part. I don't remember her saying that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many have ever seen a movie three times and still find things that you didn't remember? You see it four or five times, you still see things you didn't remember seeing and hearing. Ten years later, man, I don't want to see that movie. I've seen it already, yeah, but when you see it again, you sit down and watch it, you realize, I don't remember that part. And you get into arguments with your family, you know how it is. It wasn't, I'm telling you, they added that part. <laughs> Say to the person, this is only a test. Now here's some, some examples. You see, God will require some stuff from us before he gives you the miracle. To the young kid on the mount, he was, he was bagging his lunch. His mom knew better. She packed him some lunch. And then Jesus looks around and sees over 30,000, no, it was what, 5,000? Men, not including women and children. And back then, they didn't have... Can I just say we're all adults here? They didn't have condoms back then. So they had kids. A lot of kids, right? So it was 5,000 men, not including the women and children. And back then, children were like, what? For, per family? Easy. I'm going to say 12. That's, that's a perfect number, right? I think in the Bible times, you know, you got Isaac and Jacob. They got crazy kids, right? Then, then from more than one woman, so you know they have more than 12 kids. Now, the thing is, then you have women. And how many women do we have here? We probably have more women, maybe two or three times more women in this place than we have men. I can almost guarantee that. I think that happens in every church. You're going to find more women in the church than men. So in, in the time when Jesus was preaching, I'm sure there had to be more women than men. So 5,000 men, add all those kids and add all those women per family. You're talking about 50,000 people easily. 50,000 people and they took the little kids lunch to feed all of them. Jesus says, all these people are hungry. What are we going to feed them? Let's, let's, let's feed them. We have nothing in the treasury. And then all of a sudden... One of the disciples looks at the kid with his lunch and says, well, we got this kid with lunch. You got a couple of fish sandwiches there. And so that's what they did. He took, they took his lunch. The kid surrendered his only meal. And Jesus took the little that he had, and the Bible says that he blessed it, that he prayed over it. Then he gave it out. He gave thanks to God for that little bit. Give God thanks for what you do have. Your little cramped up one bedroom apartment is over. Those days are over. You want your house, you're going to get it. But you better start thanking God for that one bedroom apartment because it could have been a cardboard in Hunts Point somewhere. 
Give God thanks and treat your one-bedroom apartment, treat your studio, treat the weekly rented room as a, as a condominium, as a four-star hotel room. Clean it up every day. Anoint that place with worship. Thank God every day for that place. And you need to start being more grateful for the things that you do have. And then don't call it yours because it's not. Because nothing that we have here on earth is ours. We think that we give our tithes. This is your part, Lord. I keep the 90%. <laughs> Wrong. The 100% belongs to God. You give him 10. He only requires you to give him 10%. Everything else still belongs to him. Sorry, Pastor, I'm touching tithing and offerings. Pastors sometimes don't like to touch the money issue. But let me tell you something. There's more. I found out that there's more about money in the Bible than there is about spiritual matters. Because it, it tends to be that money, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And because we have a job, nine to five, or we have a career, a position, we worked hard for it. We sense we have, we then develop a sense of entitlement. Well, I worked very hard for this position. I worked very hard for this career. I worked very high, I, 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 and, and, and any given day, God can take it all away, and then you'll be I, 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 I. <laughs> because then you realize <laughs> you were always talking about you when it only was because of God. Who will gave you the opportunity to make that brain work so you can learn and, and, and be, get an education to then be able to go speak at that interview. Hello? Right? And then let's just, see, let's just take it back a little further. Just basic. Take a deep breath. Who did that? God did that. He gave you that breath. God allowed you to take that breath. It's about giving him the credit for every little thing in your life. It's about saying it's not about me, it's about him. It's about saying, you know what, thank you, Lord. Oh, that's you, Lord, thank you. Amen? It's about him. The young kid gives his meal. David and Goliath, he, he was able to work this tremendous miracle of killing this giant with what? With a rock. He gave up his, his talent. He gave up that only, and all it took was one rock. Moses, he asked him, what do you have in your hands? When he asked him to go and take the people out of Egypt from slavery. Moses put all the excuses that he could find. I can't talk. I can't talk. Because they said that was what it was. It was a stutterer. God says, don't give me no excuses. You got a brother who speaks fine. No excuses. He will ask you to do something. Verse 3. You need to do what you can do first. You want a miracle to happen? Do what you can do with what you got. Thank God with, with what you got. Thank God for what you have. Surrender it to him. Lord, multiply this. I don't know. I don't know if this food, if these habichuelas are going to give enough for my family of 10. But Lord, one can. It'll do it. God knows how to do it. Third thing we need to know, God only does what we can't do. Because if you could do it, you don't need God. He will only do <laughs> what we can't do. 
She had to borrow. Look, this really happened, guys. When you read that story, read it again. This really happened. She had to borrow jars from her neighbors without knowing what they would be needed for. She simply followed the instructions of the prophet. You have a jar of oil? Go get as many jars as you can get through all your neighborhood. Could you imagine? What would you do? If you got some crazy instructions from a prophet to do something, and you're like, what does that have to do with what I, I only have one jar with oil. What are you going to do with all those jars? <laughs> there couldn't have been a different way that God could have done this. There, there could have been another way. God could have simply multiplied the oil on the spot. God could have simply allowed to appear a big, forget jars, but a big tank of oil to appear all of a sudden from nowhere. God could have caused for, for gold nuggets to show up, show up at home. God can do that. But he, he decided he wanted to put us to the test, put that woman to the test. Go and look like a fool. Go throughout your neighborhood and ask for jars. They know your husband's dead. They know you are hardly making it. What do you need all these jars for? Just get it. She sent her kids. Say it with me. Pride. Pride. She sent her kids. She didn't go. (laughs) We sometimes want to demand from God our miracles. When and how to do them. Sometimes we try, we take that verse that God says, demand ye me, and we think we have the rights to demand from God just about anything we ask. Because if I'm your child, Lord, you're going to give me what I ask for, and this is an, and you said that I would never suffer lack or need, and you're going to give me this now. I want this car. I want, it, I want it to be like this. I want it to be like that. We sometimes try to force the arm of God. We wish God would do things for us without us having to suffer through the process. There is a process that we have to go through. God wants to process your heart. God wants to know where your heart is, most importantly. You know, it's more than just wearing a nice looking suit and feeling good because it's brand new. How many have ever worn new clothes to work and you kind of, even the way you walk is different? (laughs) Because it's brand new. You feel good about yourself. I mean, come on, let's be for real. When you buy yourself a brand new pair of, of, of whatever, sneakers, whoa, forget about it. The guys, come on, the young guys, I, it's funny how they walk and they're like this. <laughs> they don't want their sneakers to be wasted. They don't want nobody to step on them. Oh, wait, chill. <laughs> we have to be processed because God wants to, God is more interested in the heart, not, not on the exterior of man. Am I right or wrong? God is looking at your heart. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you better than you know yourself. You you are probably capable of doing some things that would surprise you. You want me to tell you something else? In the Lord, you are capable of doing so much more. I guarantee you, you have the capability and the possibility and the potential in you to be able to go to a hospital and raise all those sick people out of their bedrooms. You, you want to know more? You have the potential in you to raise some people from the funeral homes and to get them out of business. Yes. Jesus walked on water. Jesus blew the, calmed the storms. Jesus raised pe- dead people from, from, from the graves. And, and, and then he comes out and he says, greater things than what I did, you should be able to do. You will be able to do. 
I believe in those miracles. How many, how many believe in miracles? I still do. On the 23rd and 24th, you're going to hear about some miracles. And it's really amazing. So Sometimes we don't do enough. We want God to bless us with a job, but we don't prepare or update our resumes or schedule appointments for interviews. Dr. Phil said one thing also that blessed me. He says, if you don't have a job, you should be spending the same amount of time you would spend at work looking for work. And sometimes we apply one job and we send out one resume and mom and dad or your husband and your wife are nagging you about, are you applying for a job? I did, I did. I'm applying every single day. You have no idea. <laughs> and every day maybe one resume and one application. If you're supposed to be working eight hours a day, then eight hours a day is what you should be spending looking for a job. And if you don't have one, that means you got time in your hands. Wives, don't put them to work, do work on the house. Put them to get the job. Get the job, eight hours a day. <laughs> and the last part, God fills only what we offer. If she would have brought more vessels, God would have filled them all. We need to be willing to offer our lives to the Lord. You are a vessel unto the Lord. And God, God wants more from us. You know, I'm sure that when he put a demand on her to put, get all those vessels in, I'm sure she must have felt stupid. She must have felt like a fool. Going knocking door to door to try to get these vessels from everybody. Could you imagine? Uh, sure, what do you need those vessels? When am I going to get them back? I have no clue. The prophet just told me to get as many as I can. Or would she not want to offer any explanation because she's ashamed because she believes in the prophet and maybe they don't. And, and what is she going to tell them? And, and I'm sure that that's one of the reasons why the kids were the ones in charge of getting the vessels. People don't question kids. Kids don't know. I don't know. Ma just told me to do this. <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we would look like fools going, I don't know. So we send the kids. And that's what happened here. And they probably were limited with how many they can bring because they were kids. But if she would have gone crazy, if she would have said, I don't know what he wants for, I don't understand. You see, this is the thing about God. Sometimes you're not going to understand God and, and the process that you're going through. You might be going through some very difficult moments in your home. You might be going through some difficult times in your health. You might be going through some difficult times with family. You may not understand why. You, did, you feel you did not, you didn't cause it to happen. You feel you're doing everything right and you don't understand. But God is processing you in this process. He's walking you through it. There's a lesson to be learned. Sometimes we need to just forget about analyzing it. I suffered many years of paralysis by analysis is what I call it. Because being a banker all my life, I've always, you know, kind of trained my, my mind to always analyze. I've been very analytical. And when it came to putting God to the test or when it came to putting my faith in God, I always wanted to analyze. That, you know, magicians always intrigue me because I know there's got to be a trick to it. I used to break my toys when I was a kid because I wanted to know how it worked. So I would always break. That wouldn't last that long because I wanted to figure it out. Very analytical. And some of us some may suffer from an, an, uh, paralysis by analysis. How many you know what I'm talking about? Do I have a witness in the house? Because we think about it too much. We analyze it. How, what will people say? How will I look? Asking, asking people for empty jars. How would I look? 
going on the train, passing the track, talking about Jesus saves. Jesus loves you. And I'm telling the person who's least loved by anyone, how am I going to look? How am I going to sound? <clears throat> the more we offer our empty selves, the more God will fill our lives. It hurts to hold up an empty vessel up to God and wait and hope that he will fill it. You need to trust God in this process. God wants to fill us today. He wants to fill those empty areas, the greatest needs in your family, in your job, in your health. Whatever adversity that we are suffering through, bring it to him. Let him fill it. Don't hold back. Can you all stand up with me? If we can have some worship music playing or something, I mean... I want to be obedient to the Lord, and I want to allow the Lord to minister. Anyone, listen, as the Lord will lead is how I will do. And I know that there are people here who are reaching the point of their, I don't know if I can continue in this walk anymore. There are some people that have, that have contemplated quitting on this walk because it's so hard. There are some people that are contemplating quitting their positions in the church because they feel they're not getting anywhere, they're not being noticed, or they're not being re recognized, or they're not being appreciated enough. There are people that, even in their jobs, they seem, it seems unfair, others are getting the promotion, and I'm not. Why them, and why not me? I'm a better worker. I'm a Christian, for God's sake. Well, listen... God says, start being and stop saying that you are. Start being. Start being. Some of you are getting this. Start being what you are. Don't say it. Don't promote it. Don't promote that you are a Christian. Be a Christian. Don't tell people you're anointed. <laughs> people will know you're anointed by the way you live your life. There's some character traits that God is requiring of us. And the tests are for you to put into action what you have learned, what you have heard. My wife always has this, this saying. She says, you're responsible for what you know. If you do know that as a Christian, there are things that you're not supposed to be doing or saying, let's be for real. Listen, I know we're not perfect. We're not. But that shouldn't give you the green light or the license to continue to live in imperfection. Can I say that again? We're not perfect, but that should not give you permission to continue to live an imperfect way of doing it. When you know that there is a right way to doing it, 
And if you choose not to do it the right way because you want to use the excuse that you're not perfect so, so you can continue to do it the wrong way, then you're limiting the blessing to flow. You're limiting that oil to multiply within you. The anointing of God can be limited. You would limit him. Oh, but God is almighty, all-powerful. God is a classy God. He will not bum-rush into your house if you don't open the doors to him. The devil is a whole other story. He'll do like the guy in the mask. I'm here. Surprise. No permission. He takes, he came to rob and steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and I came to give you life in abundance and I came to give you that ability to say you know what I, I am a carrier of that light I'm a carrier of that life giving source I am a container of holiness I am a container of the presence of God you are a container of the presence of the almighty God you are a child of the living God creator of the universe you are that. Listen, don't call yourself a sinner if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people be like, yo, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, you're either saved or you're a sinner. But if you're saved, the Bible, the Bible refers to all the Christians, saints, to the saints of Colossae, to the saints of, to the saints of Ephesus, to the saints. Corinthians, come on. Guy was having sex with his mother, his, 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 his uh, stepmother. And Paul still called them brethren in the Lord. It's true that he says, I can't talk to you like big spiritual people. I'm going to talk to you like babes because you're not getting this. But he never called them sinners. He then, some of you might say, yeah, but, but, but he, Paul called himself a sinner. He said he was the greatest sinner of all. Yeah, no, no, he's trying to tell you that his life story is that he should be and he could be qualified to be the greatest sinner of all because of the life he lived but he understands who he is now he says he says in me i no longer live but christ lives in me if you're dead if you're supposed to be dead there's so much in my spirit to want to share i feel the I feel the, 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 the anointing of God in that area of just reminding you of some things that you already know. You're a child of God and he loves you and he would never despise or reject you. But unfortunately, he can't trust you with a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollar job if you ain't faithful with the fifteen thousand dollar job. Getting to work on time. Come on, basic. This is basic lessons. Getting to work on time. Never criticizing your boss, even though he's the boss from hell. Don't criticize. Don't murmur against nobody. Pray for them. The Bible says, bless those that curse you. Yet we, it's easy for us with the emotions to get carried away. Come on, I've been guilty of it. I'm not going to stand up here and lie to you. We get caught up with the emotions of... I can't believe that guy. That, this, this guy is such an idiot. God created him just like you. In his likeness and his image. God loves him. Just as much as he loves you. And you go to church and he don't. And God doesn't love you any different. God has no, makes no exceptions. He loves them all. 
And guess what? You should love them too. But pastor, it's so hard. It's so difficult. You have no idea the things that I've lived through. You have no idea the stuff that I've gone through. You have no idea my family. They're just, they're just all warped. You have no idea the abuse I've taken from that guy. He's, he's a no good son of a... He's this, he's that, she's this, she's done to me. You have no idea what they've done to me. Listen. If you're dead... Go to the funeral home. Next time you go to a funeral home, God forbid it's no one, no one of you here, no one have to suffer anything. But when was the last time you went to a funeral home and saw the body there and started cursing them out and their mother? And did they, re did they react or respond? If you did that, would they? Talk all the good things about them, all the nice things, say all the nice things about them, tell them how wonderful they are. Will they react to it? Dead. We're supposed to try to be that. I'm not going to allow the flattery of others to determine how blessed I am. I'm blessed because of who he is in me. Amen? I'm blessed because of who he is in me. I give him all the glory and all the honor. Let's just bow our heads and I'm just going to pray. And I pray this message has blessed you. How many have received something here today? Amen. Have you been blessed today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, as children of your kingdom, we are here. We call upon you, Lord God, because you're not just our God, the creator of this universe, but you are our daddy. You're my daddy. And you're the daddy of every single one of them here. Lord God, and I pray in Jesus' name that their hearts, Lord God, may have been impacted by something that was said here today. I pray, Lord God, that your word, as we read in the beginning, it will not return void, but it will do what you sent it to do. It will prosper. And I declare, Lord God, that every person in this room is blessed and they will prosper even as their soul prospers in the name of Jesus I declare Lord God that their lives are being transformed and that they have made a decision and determined Lord God to live for you I pray Lord God these words Father God have impressed upon their lives to make some adjustments in their living to make some adjustments in the decisions that they make on a day to day basis Lord in the name of Jesus I declare Lord God your power from heaven empower them give them the strength give them the ability give them the wisdom father god to make the right decisions to to take action lord god to be doers of your word and not hearers only in the name of jesus i pray and all of us say amen and amen if there is anyone here that has that's here for the first time or that's here and has a desire and feels a need to want to come to a relation to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ it's an opportunity right now don't be ashamed it's it's an opportunity to come and be a part of the family of God allowing him to be your Lord and your Savior to be your Lord and your Savior to be the ruler of your home to be the king of your castle if there's anyone here I want you to lift your hands and we will pray for you. And after praying, we're going to praise God. Amen.
Anybody else? Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't be ashamed. God wants great things for you. Yes, he does. Even in the midst of the chaos that we live in, he wants better for us. Amen. Those that are open, lifting their hands, please come up. Please don't be afraid. Someone ushers or somebody can usher them, encourage them, and we'll pray for you. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Listen, Jesus was not ashamed when he had to die in front of the public. So when you come to receive him, come do it publicly also. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. And I want everyone here, if there's anyone else, I want everyone here to, to repeat the prayer with me in encouragement to them that they may repeat it as well. Can we do that? Can we do that? Amen. So I want everyone to repeat this prayer with me. You're going to repeat with me. You're going to repeat this prayer. Amen. And uh, everyone's going to repeat it with me. So you're going to repeat it. And we'll welcome you into the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God. Let us, let us pray. Heavenly Father, who art in heaven, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord. For this wonderful day that you have made. I come to you at this moment. Recognizing. That I have failed. To honor you. As my Lord. And as my Savior. To receive the Lord Jesus. As your son. Who died on the cross. And resurrected on the third day. This tells me. That he has power. Over life and death. And that he resurrected. To be able to have victory. Over all the darkness of the world. This Jesus that I'm talking about. I want him in my life. Jesus, come into my heart. I open it now. Come and live in me. Change my life. I'm tired of living this life. Making my own decisions. Doing things my way. I want to live for you. I need you to rule in my life. To be my king. To be my lord. To rule in my house. To rule in my job. Help me to be. All that you want me to be. I surrender now. My entire life. My house. My children. My money. My job. My life. My mind. My heart. It all belongs to you. From this day forward. I thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of my many sins. I have repented of all. I renounced to all the things that held me in bondage. I call myself free now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the freedom, Lord. Thank you for Jesus, Father. Thank you for this love. Thank you for my new life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name.
Give everybody a clap hand to, to the Lord today. I want you to know angels are celebrating. Welcome them to the kingdom of God. You are a princess of the kingdom of God. You are a princess. You are a princess. You are a princess. Don't let nobody say different. Amen. Praise God. Welcome, princess. You are a princess in the kingdom of God. Don't let nobody else say different. You are a princess in the kingdom of God. Don't let nobody else say different. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I have one more prayer I want to make tonight, today. If there's anyone who makes this message theirs, who truly wants to take their walk into another level, because they, something that you heard here today challenged you and, 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 and challenged you with excitement to take the next step of faith, to open up your lives to the, to the promotion that God has for you. Is there anyone here that would like to have be prayed over right now? Feel free to come up. Come up. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Hallelujah. I just want to make this prayer quick. My time, I think, is gone. I'm over time. Praise God. God wants to do new things. There's a, there's a scripture that says, there's a scripture that says, I'm doing a new thing. And, and this is for you, some of you that are here, the Lord is telling you, I am doing a new thing in your life. Get ready to see new things happen in your life. Your step of faith here is going to stir up something in the spirit realm that's going to create changes in the natural realm. Whatever you do in the spirit will be manifested in the natural. You hear what I'm saying? Whatever you do by faith, you see, it's conceived in intimacy with God and then it comes and comes forth and gives birth in the natural. Hello? Do you see what I'm talking about? Things happen in the intimacy. Your, your level of intimacy with God has to change. Your level of intimacy with God has to increase. Your level of intimacy with God as your father. As you increase your level of intimacy with God, I declare it and I believe it wholeheartedly in my spirit and in my soul. Things will start changing around you. Some of you are going to have to lay hands on your boss's chair when he's not around and declare in Jesus' name that he starts noticing the woman of God that you are or the man of God that you are. Some of you are going to have to lay hands on the pillows of your husbands or your wives. Some of you are going to have to lay hands. Come on, that, that might sound very symbolic to, to some of you, but it is the reality. Laying hands and believing and declaring in, the, uh, in God's prosperity over your life will require you to take some action. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect different results. That's called insanity. You're going to drive yourself insane doing the same thing and expecting a different result every time. In order to get something different to happen in your life, you're going to have to do something what? Different. And, this, and it begins here. A determination. A determination to not look back anymore not look back anymore I'm not gonna lay hands on any, on any one of you we're just gonna I'm gonna extend my hand over to you just receive this prayer let's come together in prayer everyone that's back there if you can extend your hands here 
Let's pray for these people in Jesus' name. Father, I declare over every one of your children that are standing up here. Father God, each and every one of them came with a need. Each and every one of them, Father, understands that without you, they cannot make it. They understand, Lord God, that only you are the one that can make some things happen that they've tried doing by themselves. Some of them tried to control their own destiny and tried to promote themselves. But in Jesus' name, I declare, Lord God, that it is you who will cause doors to open up on their lives. It will be you who will show up in their life and they will not have a choice but to acknowledge that it was by your glory, Father God, that it was you who did it, Father God, and not them. Oh, in Jesus' name, some of them, some of them, Lord God, came, Father God, because they realized their lives have to come into order. Oh, it's time to put the house in order. That's what I feel in my spirit to share. Time to put the house in order. Children of God, God wants to, God is a God of excellence. God is a God of order. And he gives birth to children that are going to follow after his way, after his heart. It is God who wants to make it happen in your life more than you want it. He wants what's best for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. There are some of you that are plagued with generational curses of poverty and sickness and disease and poverty mentality and because your family was poor you got to be poor no you are the blessed of the lord you are the blessed child of the kingdom of god what you call will come to pass in jesus name call those things that are not as though they are for your father in heaven has said so and I come against those curses in Jesus' name. I come against those generational curses in Jesus' name. Someone said you were supposed to be an alcoholic, but here you are praising God with your hands lifted up. Oh, Rabbi Shanda. Someone said you were supposed to be a prostitute, but here you are giving God the glory. In the name of Jesus, God is taking you to a higher level. God wants to take you to another level in Him. And it's time, it's time to walk in that new level of anointing, new level of love, new level of peace, new level of love. Come on now, new level of peace. Peace in the name of Jesus. No more struggles. No more struggles in Jesus' name. I might not have enough to pay my rent. I might not have enough to pay my bills. I don't even know when it's coming. But I'm going to believe God that all things are in His hands. Be still and know that I am God, says the Lord. Hallelujah. From where comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare right now, release upon these children of yours. They are yours, Father God, your children. And I declare release and anointing upon their life to start to multiply in their life. An anointing to multiply. Oil will start multiplying in your life. Oil of anointing of God lifting up, rising you up to another level. The oil is coming to another level. Amen. Amen. I declare it. I declare it in Jesus' name. You are blessed. God wants you blessed because he says you are a blessing. You are a blessing. 
You are a blessing. Tell yourself you are a blessing. Tell yourself, I am a blessing. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. My daddy, my daddy owns the hills. My daddy owns this world. He created this earth. My daddy is the owner of silver and shine gold. My daddy. My daddy heals me. My daddy doesn't want me hurt. My daddy loves me. He will never leave me nor abandon me. My earthly father might have failed me, but my heavenly father will never fail me. His promises are true and secure. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's all give Jesus Christ a love offering with a clap. God bless you all. Looking forward to seeing you guys again on the 23rd and 20th.